What up, everyone? Welcome to yet another episode of Jump the Sharp. That's right, your favorite sports betting podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Hollywood Hagen here along with the Woodman, David Woody. What's up, brother? Hey, folks. How are we? I'm super pumped. We're coming at you two days early here. Um, I hope you can fit us in. There's a reason for that. We're going to get to just an incredible uh, piece of information uh, interview with that uh, Andy Lack was so nice to provide us with some of his time. Uh, he runs the Pick the Pup podcast about betting on golf. U.S. Open, uh, the third major of the year, is coming to town this weekend in Torrey Pines in San Diego. You do not want to miss this interview. This dude brings to the table some really, really good stuff. And uh, if you're interested in golf at all, or just betting golf, or just want to hear someone talk about golf, it's just really, really fun. We actually get into some NBA talk. Uh, spoiler alert, fuck Trey Young. That's kind of where we're at on that. But, um, you know, fuck him, right? We might say that the interview didn't lack for good information. Wow, this dude. Oh, man. I think you should start the show for now on. <laughs> That was pretty good. No, that's a bad pun. Um, bad pun's what I'm all about. You do like puns. I love puns. Um, Such a dad. But before we get to anything else, Brian, let's get to America's favorite segment. What are you drinking? What, what the what are we drinking segment, ladies and out of the gate? Like we didn't even say at jump the sharp. You don't even care about touting what we're at. You just want to get know. the booze. That's they know. classic. Yeah, they do. We're at bit. jump the sharp on Twitter. A little bit, little bit load at Jump the Sharp on Twitter. Oh, by the way, I hope you caught that win-win chicked-in parlay plus four thousand seven hundred seventy-seven last night. Made this cat some dough, Ray. Me. If you want more, tweet at us and let us know. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you on there. We will talk about you on the pod. Give us a heads up. You want? Hey, another same-game parlay to come. A Twitter exclusive, ladies and gentlemen, for that Sixers Hawks game five. That'll be tomorrow night. Uh, so go ahead and make sure you're on Twitter at Jump the Sharp. Follow us so you can grab some of those winners, baby. I want winners. <laughs> and you'll get them, Mr. Singletary, if you follow Jump the Sharp. You know who's following Jump the Sharp? A lot of brand new followers. And every now and again, you know I like to just give some shout-outs because the people who are just came out of the woodwork today and just followed our ass off, and we appreciate you guys talking to you, Benjamin, D-minus, James, D-G, who else we got here? We got Lauren Malvo, Brovrock, Quentin Sloboda, Drew Platt, Jay Cash, Jake Ashenfelder, Book It Sports, Oracle 707, Jesus L, and Zai. Thank you guys so much for following at Jump the Sharp. We really appreciate it. We hope this uh, benefits your guys' wallets in no time. But as previously mentioned, what are we drinking? Might as well get right back to it again. Dave Woody. Well, what do you got in front of you there, my friend? All right. Now, this is – I want to make sure I got something different because I've been – I think we've been doing too many, you know, for sure. Yeah. So I found these. This is a, this is a pounder. This is We're your both going to have unique ones. I'm excited. That's blue. What is that? It's yeah. like neon blue. Isn't it, it looks nice? like a monster. It's a nice color. And this is a Pizza Boy. Pizza which is a, Boy. People know. People know Pizza Boy. If it's, um, they're from like – Philly thing. Yeah, they're near Philly, right? Aren't they just outside they're, in, they're in downtown, aren't they? I, I thought know. Pizza Boy was a uh, a bar. Down. Okay, does that say what's it say? Diarrhea? I can't read it. It's like your your video is oh pedaling. Okay, that's a different word. Pedaling upstream, huh? Yeah, pedaling upstream, which I guess 
is you don't like, want the diarrhea double IPA. That's not no, you don't want the diarrhea double. So I yeah, I don't know what that really means. Pedaling upstream, that's a little misleading, a little confusing. You know, if a salmon had a bike, yeah, right. If a salmon had a bike, yeah, yeah, it's actually really good. Um, <laughs> but it's a <laughs> it's the beer a double, is or the wacky. <laughs> no, you're. I liked your little. Um, but it's a they need it, a new logo. It's good. It's it's a double IPA in the West Coast style. So it has three different kinds of hops in it. It's very very good uh i would definitely recommend this drink pedaling upstream from pizza boy it's really tasty really i went ahead and bought a um, variety pack like i like to do every now and again I'll, you love the variety packs love the variety packs dude um like the 15 pieces for yes. 20 some dollars like they got my founders name makes a good one right founders makes a good one uh uh, the dudes that make Dave's Pale Ale. I forget what the hell. What the, why, why am I? Russ is going to kill me. I forget what this is. Oh, yeah. They're, anyway. they're, they're local, too. Totally. Um, Southern Tier has, has a nice little variety pack. This bad boy uh, kind of got some similar colors almost for you. It's a <laughs> yeah. Southern Tier Brewing Company live session session pale ale. It's a 5.5er. It is phenomenal. Phenomenal, phenomenal. I actually really, really enjoyed it. Out of the uh, variety pack so far, I believe I've had three of the five. The other two, good to really good. This one, superb. So, very big fan. Very good brewery. I'm going to crack another Southern one. Southern Tier. Ooh, boy. Yeah, Southern Tier, really, they top-notch uh, They knew what they were doing. Good they knew outfit. what they were doing. Yeah. But um, quick little uh, quick, quick little review of last week here, if we, if Ooh, we yeah. don't mind patting yeah, ourselves on it. our back. Um, speaking of the same game parlay, by the way, let me get to a review of last week in a quick way. The, the same game parlay that we knocked out of the ballpark yesterday and have been knocking some out of the ballpark would have knocked out of the ballpark last week as well the live on-air same game parlay if Danny Green didn't fucking leave the game. That yep. cost us big time. That injury literally cost us another huge payday. I hate when they don't hit based on injuries. That's a real, and that was early. That was like first quarter. Air out of the air out of the balloon, my man. Brutal, very brutal. Um, so much so that I, as soon as he left the game, I put it. You know, you, you got that that ticker, your bet slip in your own head. I was like, not even going to look because no, there's no point. And the next day, you were like, wow, Danny Green really fucked us. And I was like, holy shit. And I looked and everything, everything hit. else hit except and for he, his two. All he yeah. needed to do was score 10, hit two threes, which he would have done in spades because he was actually he starting done. that game. Yeah, he would have done it. Uh, it's very frustrating. But the the Woodman, our professor here, the man who is just baseball incarnate, he knows what the fuck he's doing. Man, you got screwed. And how's it feel to just be screwed by your boy, co-host, Brian? Hollywood. Hagen, I'm so sorry. I really, really gave you the big old Montreal screwjob. Bret Hart, <laughs> Shawn Michaels style. <laughs> Vince McMahon getting a loogie in the eye from the Canadian. I'm telling you, my bad. Should have been a 3-0 and week. I talked into taking the run line. Yeah. And what happens? They're up 4-2 to two in the ninth, the White Sox are. And the Detroit Tigers score two. And yep. the White Sox. And, dude, it's, and that gets that weird point in betting. That derelictical. Made that up. Not bad. Um, spit a little bit on my hands. Uh, <laughs> the, where they go up one in the top of the tenth or whatever it was, and you root for the other team just to tie it. Can we so, extend so that this can, game so that they can later win by two? Because you need later to win, win by, by two. two. Right, right, right. And it didn't happen. Yeah, and, nah. uh, My bad for that. Should have been a three and zero week. And yeah, listen, it mean, was a two and one. All good. But listen, if it was, it would have been six and zero the last two weeks for you for MLB. Yeah. Five and one ain't too shabby. 
five and one ain't too shabby. It's really not that much different than six and zero. Oh. In the in the long run, it's one it's one unit. It's not the end of the world, but uh, you know, yeah, it's 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 crummy because I. Well, you've said the word crummy so early again in this episode. <laughs> I should have um, stuck with my guns, you know, my and because the generally speaking is that, and I've actually done a little research on this just this year, this baseball season. Um, sharps really do consider the run lines to be a little bit of a um, soccer bet, a bit of a soccer bet. Not all the time, but in general, that's why I'm they're always they're they're always one and a half too. Right, like even it's in games where even in games where the the money line is way one team is way 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 favored, it's still one and a half. Yeah, uh, and they bring and it just, down like even money. It's a soccer. You're right, dude. Yeah. I'm going to stop a, doing that for it's you. It's kind of a okay. soccer bet. So I, I think I should stop letting you talk me into it. Maybe you'll stop even trying. Call me a blow pop. And no, 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 I'm not saying that. And I'm, but, but I do think um, like just for our listeners, like maybe that's a good lesson. Like, you know, sure. maybe the run line is just like, even if you're really, really sure, that's just not the great bet. Like if you're that sure, maybe you want to take the over instead. You know what I mean? Maybe like you think that some offense is going to tee off or, or or find one of the bets underneath. You know, there's so many smaller bets that you can do within a game. You know, if you're that sure that one team really has it in the bag, still maybe don't do the run line. Like, it's just kind of a sucker bet anyway. There's a double irony to this, too. Not only did I um, did I tell you, one of my picks last week, I converted live to a money line pick because I said how two points in a basketball game could mean the world. Yeah. So that's ironic, my bad on that. <laughs> it is ironic. But I went two and one last week. Um, one of which was the plus 310 that I told you folks. Oh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, do you want another plus 310 as one of my picks this week? Hang on, because it's coming. But the second bit of irony on that is the fact that my one loss was the anti-DWE Dave Woody effect. I went against what would normally be the case for us, and I ended up eating it. It's one of your uh, bets that I did not, I will say, I did not uh, feel... <laughs> you didn't like it. I didn't Fuck like it. sake, man, you're amateur. I'm just, I, I should have stuck with it. You're right there, Christian. But, you know, <laughs> that's what it is. But for once, for once in the last three weeks, I did not have. A worse week than Harvey Weinstein. I was doing pretty good there. So, so what, uh, we both go two and one. So technically, yeah, four and two week for the show. But one of those was a plus 310, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. The one thing that I feel bad about, which you, I hope other people took what you originally wanted. You went ahead and did your parlay on your three picks, money line, and made that, it was a, what, a plus 450, plus mm-hmm. 500, right around yeah. that, that range. So mm-hmm. giddy up to you on that. Congratulations, my friend. Thanks. Yeah, I still uh, cashed that. And, and I, I do hope some people did it. Maybe they heard us and they were like, I'm sticking with the money lines. Big time. And, and between the last two weeks of the show, plus what you've been getting on Twitter, people have been making some dough. I yeah. mean, go ahead and make a mortgage payment, motherfuckers. Um, let's let's rock and roll. On yeah, that. We're, we're we're we have really heated up here, Bri. From what we yeah. we had well, a low point, what is it, like a month ago? Yeah, we we've really heated up, dude. We get competitive. We're competitors. We're Philly boys, dude. We get pissed off when we lose. We don't sit there and go, "Oh shit, this is going to keep happening." We say, "Fuck this!" How do let's write this ship immediately? And we did. And let's keep writing that ship i mean let's uh, homeward bound here my friend a movie that made me cry um we're gonna go ahead and do some picks we're gonna do it pretty fluently because we really this andy lack interview is super entertaining um and even if you don't know like if you're not the biggest golf fan in the world betting on golf is booming maybe more so than any sport right now and we'll get into that during the interview but the dude's super uh informative 
And this is a, a, a can't miss, uh, especially if you're looking to bet golf, you don't really know who some of these players are. How do I approach things? Gives you some tips about where to go to find some information. Uh, but we're going to run through our picks right now. Big time pumped to get get back at it. Uh, two days early, ladies and gentlemen. Keep up on that Twitter for the picks uh, through the rest of the week and the weekend. But as always, playing center field, leading off. It's the Woodman, David Woody. What do we have this week, brother? All right, buddy. So uh, all three of my picks, as usual, are going to be baseball games that uh, I could get the lines for, which means in this case, they're tomorrow night, which is Wednesday. I think people are getting the hint. Sure. Listen to the show when it drops. Yep. Wednesday night, the 16th. Um, and my number one is uh, I'm going with the uh, the one of the top aces in all of baseball. He is on the road. It's Garrett Cole and the Yankees. They are in Toronto. Toronto's been hitting very well, so you actually get a, a pretty decent uh, number here on the money line action. It's minus 172. I feel like that's really good. Um, Cole did have one bad start when they first found that weird boiled Coca-Cola stuff on his fingers or whatever. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, he had one bad start, but that's a couple starts ago. And then last time out, he was he was aces again. I think he's fine. I don't think he needs that shit. I think it was honestly in his head. He can just use a little sunscreen and spit. It's still sticky. It works. He's good. There you go. A little sun. Little, yeah. A little, uh, little bad. Oh, no, I'm not going to say it again. I oh, said it boy. last week. Um, Look at this. Look. So Yankees struggling. Dude, it's from it's from Major League. It's Harris. He put a little Vagisil and it made it made his curve. Yeah, the Yankees know. have been struggling, Brian, but so have the Blue Jays. Just Yankees. ignored that. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm saying the Yankees struggling, playing another team that's struggling. Here yeah. comes your ace. Minus yeah. 172. You're gonna give me under 200 on Garrett Cole. Yeah. Fucking right. And he's a real ace. And and I know and I know part of the reason why too is because the the Blue Jays offense is finally good again. Mm-hmm. They haven't been good for, for a bit. Um they are good. They won't be good against Garrett Cole. No, and and it's not like they're going to be in Toronto with like some home uh, field advantage here. You're going to be in in Florida where it's nice and warm, and Garrett Cole can do his thing since they're playing their home games in, uh, you know, well, I forget where exactly, but Dunedin. I don't know. Just threw that out there. But uh, actually, that's a great point. Where in Florida is it? I, I don't actually. I don't know for sure, but you know, it's a whole different. There's no home field advantage. It's it is what it is. But it's a beautiful thing. Garrett Cole and the Yankees minus one seventy two. Your first pick. I'm going to stay in the hard court where I've been a little bit comfortable lately, and I plan on getting a little bit more comfy, if you don't mind. Um, I'll tell you what, though. This pick, I'm back and forth with it, back and forth. We all know we're Philly boys, Sixers here. Uh, rough loss the other night, last night, to the to the Hawks. They're going to be at home. And initially, I, I was thinking Hawks plus six and a half here. But there's something I like a lot better than that. That, that's kind of jumped out to me after I was doing a little research, a little emotional feel here. Uh, Philly seven and one during the regular season at home after a road loss. Okay, seven and one, twenty seven or twenty nine and seven um, during the regular season at home in general. Four and one in the playoffs. They're most likely going to get a W here. So will will they get a W by seven points or not? Maybe, maybe not. Um, once I convinced myself that the Sixers are just going to win outright, I've, I just kind of thought about what how they ended that game last night in Atlanta uh, two nights ago by the time you guys are listening to this. Embiid 0 for 12 in the second half. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. I mean, just pitiful performance uh, offensively. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. This is getting a really physical, this series. Um, I really think that the Sixers are going to start out hot. 
Atlanta could throw up random low percentage shots early all on the road out of their element again. It worked game one. I think the refs have woken up tremendously to what the bullshit that Trey Young and some of these guys are doing where they stop short and try and jump into a guy and then throw a ball up. I mean, you've seen some terrible, terrible field goal attempts out here. Pitiful. Like yeah. it, it, it's just, it actually is embarrassing. If you, if you were to ask me, um, it's setting the game back. Uh, but the, the, the Sixers, they cannot afford to go down big early, like game one. They learned from that. They got the home court going on. I think they're going to get out to an early lead. I don't know if they'll cover the six and a half. What I do think very I, I think it's super possible is that they're going to get out there on an early lead and they're going to be up a good chunk at halftime. So give me the Sixers minus three first half line. I'll take them going in with a four-point lead into halftime. This game could go the same as game three where the Sixers were big time up uh, in Atlanta and Atlanta kind of chips back a little bit, but the Sixers end up getting the W. I really think that the Sixers go ahead, take this out of the shoot. It might get tight at the end. Six and a half might be a line. If, if you were to say what's going to, I would say give me Sixers by you know four or five for the whole game. But Sixers maybe up ten at half, so I'll take that minus three for my first official pick. First half bet seventy Sixers minus three. Giddy up. Right, they just they pretty much have to come out hot. Have to. Yeah, it'd be embarrassing to do that in Game Five uh, after what you experienced with the Wizards too. You and understood? Come out and miss a bunch of shots. You can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Can't Can't. Atlanta's going to be all fiery. You're going to be young. They're going to be doing their thing. What you need to do is a solid straight-up day. Go ahead and just let them throw it off the goddamn top of the backboard and go ahead and get a nice lead. Roll Sixers. Got it. What you got? What's your double? What's your two-timer here? All right. So my my second one is 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 I feel very confident about uh, almost about as darn near as much as number one. This could have been number one. And what I like about it, Bri, is it's getting it's plus. It's got a, it's on the plus Ooh, side. Talking my language. Yeah. So we've got the money line uh, action here is a plus one twenty eight. Man, I really a like la mancha. This. Yeah. Let's go. And it's another road team. Uh, so again, this is something we like a lot in a lot of sports. Brian and I do road dogs. I, lo- I like a road dog. Um, Jesse James, where I think the team is good. You know, it's a good the embedding that is a proven right. Isn't that one of the pillars, Brian? For sure. It's like, yeah. So this team is good. They're playing a team that is okay. I'm gonna have to listen back to what I just agreed upon. <laughs> that road dogs in general can be a very good bet. This conversation is going sports on betting. Now. Okay. I'm with you. Uh, so it's the Red Sox. The Red Sox are in Atlanta. Look at you taking the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the Red Sox, I'm really just taking because of that offense. Big time. Know? Yo, fuck Atlanta. I'm down with that. It's Garrett Richards on the mound, who's, who's just okay. But the Braves don't exactly have an ace going either. It's Ian, a- Ian Anderson, who's been fine. He's they fine. They don't have an ace. No, they don't. Yeah. He's, he's okay. Like he's. I'm not saying he's bad. But uh, against the Boston offense, I don't like his chances at all. And uh, especially in Atlanta's ballpark where the ball flies so well. I, th- I think Boston tees off in this game. I also like – I don't look at what the over-under was. I might take be interested in the over as well, depending on what it says. Do a live, live – uh, live, uh, wait, but, where? But, okay. so yeah. That's fine. You can do it. But just so I'm going to say my pick again. My pick is Boston, money line. Plus one twenty eight. Fucking right. And now you're gonna you always do your parlay total at the end too, and that's gonna boom this one. I love it. Um, 
over under is eight and a half. I don't know how you feel about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I would be on the over. I think, but uh, yeah. but you know, I'm, you know what? And you know what I'm doing because I'm such a greedy little bastard. I'm going to go ahead and make it a four way, uh, <laughs> and I'm taking that over too. Just it's saying. not bad. It's not bad. Just saying, my friend. All right, my second pick. Let's stay on the hard court. Once again, a Wednesday night game. The Jazz Clippers. I mean, this series, man. What is up with the Clippers? So they they go they get in these series where it's either the way teams are all going to win or the home teams are all going to win. Right now. You know, with that, what I tell you about Dallas too? I said it was going to be a way team, a way team, a way team. I said if Dallas doesn't win Game Six, they are not winning in LA. I'm feeling like the same thing's going to happen in this, except all the home teams are winning, and then I feel like the Clippers are going to take Game Seven at the Jazz. It's going to be like the exact <laughs> difference, uh, opposite. But Utah minus three versus the Clippers. My pick: Jazz thirty-one and five at home during the regular season, three and one in the playoffs. That one was the one out of the gate where the Grizzlies and John Morant went off and they beat them by a smidgen. And they and then the Jazz went, oh, whoa, wait a second. We're the first seed here. What the fuck? And then they just went ahead and took that series. Donovan Mitchell is out of his mind. Not a budding superstar. He is a superstar in this league. This dude is unstoppable. I saw unstoppable. some of that game, dude. He was a hell of a scorer. My God. And, and he doesn't quit. Like Even when they, they get down, the momentum goes all the way to the Clippers or the other team. With, with Don, He's just a fighter, man. A great player. So fun to watch. And he will put it all out there every second that those feet are on the hard court. Don't forget, Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert's on that team, too. Jazz is one of the best crowds in the league. So I believe it's packed house now there. But nevertheless, hype crowd, amazing at home. Minus three when you say, you know, that they're, that they're one of the best home team, the best home team in the league, 31-5. and five. If you're going to add in the playoffs, you're looking at 34-6. and six. They're going to win, I think. Minus three, go ahead and just lay that, too. I mean, um, they, they, they covered it before against the Clippers. They'll cover it again. In my honest opinion, I just don't understand what's going on with the, the Clippers when it's just uh, everything's laid out where it's like, OK, well, you're going to win those two. We'll win these two. Then one, one, one. Um, I think the same kind of wacky little ironic uh, layout here for, for this the series is going to happen maybe up until game seven. It could also go Utah goes to L.A. three, two and realizes we don't want to go back home and mm-hmm. takes it there. I'm very comfortable in the Jazz being up three, two in a series. Also super comfortable with them winning by more than three. If you notice, I got minus three, six or minus three Jazz. So, so we're going to win by four. You kind of are you on the Jazz to, to be the team that comes out of the West? I'm not. I'm on the Suns. Oh, the Suns. Okay. Because Chris Paul is so good. Yeah, sure is. It doesn't matter what his age is. No. He's been he's been arguably my favorite basketball player for the last ten years. Yeah. I really respect his game. I respect how he he'll get traded or whatever, go to a new team. He doesn't want to be there, but he just gives it all and changes the whole like he didn't want to go to Phoenix when he went there two years ago. No, he didn't. It was. It was not happy about it. Devin Booker shows up, you know, they draft him and they just DeAndre Ayton or whatever is that dude, and they are just a team. They're a great team. Chris Ball is one of the best leaders in sports. Yes, he is. In sports, not just basketball. He's a real uh, pro. Real pro. Might not be the most uppity guy in the world. You want to talk about leading by example, which almost is as good, if not better. This dude does it. Uh really big fan of him. I'm rooting for him personally to get there. I mean, if the Sixers get there, I hope they wipe them. But nevertheless, if they don't, the Suns are, are the team I'm rooting for. Okay. Um, and the Suns are the team that I do think will come out of the West. To answer your question. I think it's hard. The, the only team left that I think is like almost universally like people aren't rooting for them. Right? At this point, I think is the Nets, probably. 
Probably. Just, well, just cause I think yeah. so many people hate the super team. And the Sixers. Aspect. People can't stand us. Well. No, people can't stand. They hate Embiid. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I thought people liked Embiid. No. Nope. Okay. No, 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 no. A lot more. A lot, lot, lot of people in uh, Mid America are, are thinking Trey Young is the bo- is the man, and I almost said the boy because he looks like Beavis after he fucking shaved his pubes and glued him to his chin. But uh, nevertheless, that's my that's my okay. number two. What do you got for your third, my friend? Go uh, Sixers and Suns then. Um, okay, so my third is it's going to feel like a little bit of a cop out because it's a minus two thirty five. God damn! But if I have shown you guys anything. When I pick them that are that far, I, I don't think I've missed one yet. I mean, those and and granted, you're, that's not saying much, right? But like at the same time, like it's there's a reason it's not minus three hundred. You know what I mean? Like I there's, bet, I, there's I, you got to lay lines to make money sometimes. You got to lay lines to make money sometimes, especially as parts of parlays or parts of other things. So that's correct. So I, I'm I'm back to my ways with my aces. I like my aces. So I've got Garrett Cole. Then the Boston game had nothing to do with pitching. It was really about the hitting, and then <laughs> and then this we're back to the aces, and it's an old man ace. It's the it's the Chris Paul of baseball. It's the really. youngest looking old man of all time, it and is. I'm guessing because I just saw that on Fanduel. Yeah, yeah, minus two thirty five. Yeah, is it the Houston Astros and Mr. Granky? Yeah, it's Zach Granky. Love He's, him. Who I like to call the Chris Paul of baseball. That's a beautiful thing. Wow, not only that, it rhymes. Look at you. <laughs> no, but man. seriously, he's gonna win. I mean, look, drunk, but there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to win the game. You you could also um, you could also take that over. I I, I I didn't write it down. I think it's I think it's eight and a half. Uh, could, yeah, nine up to nine now. So yeah, that's, but still that's, that kind of that's, that's getting a little rich. Because let me do let me do a quick betting one on one thing there. Don't yeah. scare off on a half run, a half point. Yeah. The worst that happened if you if you liked eight and a half, bet the over. Because if it's at nine and you get it at nine, it pushes. You get your money back. Yeah, yeah. So if that Good don't point. don't let that scare you. But yeah, but I'm just saying, even at eight and a half, maybe it's not. I I, I really 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 like the money line. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. I just don't think Texas will score very many runs. So it's going to be a lot of the onus to get to nine is going to be on the Astros. They have a really good offense, and they're they're against Jordan Lyles, who's not good. So they could get you there. <laughs> Neither but, are the uh, Rangers. But I don't so. love that bet. But I do like my minus two thirty-five. I like. I mean, that I love it. Line. I love it that bet. Very just, solid. Very safe. You know. Honestly, a Yankees Astros only par will probably put you around even money, if not a little better. You know what? Yeah. Let's do that as I like to do. Yeah, and that is like uh, darn near a lock. Frankly. Yeah, it's plus one thirty-one. I'm yeah. rolling on that. that that's dog. close. To, that's close to a lock for plus one thirty-one. Give me that all day. Win-win chicked in that's on you, that. That's how you win baseball bets, man. You're not going to win. In baseball, you can't do yes. as yes. much of the, you know, plus a 1,000. It's just tough. It's just a tough sport, you know. They and if you go ahead and do your three-team parlay, plus 444. Yeah. Now, that's what I have in the yep, Good call. That's what I have in there. Red Sox just went up to plus 136 okay. on the FanDuel. So, oh, how about so that? Actually, I probably got Okay. So, um, and then, call. and then uh, yes, yeah, so actually, that's it. That's all I got. Great stuff, dude. Really, really, really uh, brings it to to the table again. And you know what? I like it. And I might go ahead and throw that over eight and a half on the Sox game, too. But um, I'm not going to lie when I say this. Yankee Strohs two-team par for plus money on that is something that I will be putting some ched on. Um, Me too. Now that you said it. That's good. Yeah. So my pick number three, ladies and gentlemen, you ready for another plus 310? 
Well, you're going to have to wait a bit. You know why? Because that pick is included in the interview that is coming <laughs> up here with our boy Andy Lack from the Pick the Pup podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, pick number three will be in the later portion, but it will be done via the interview. Andy Lack from the Pick the Pup podcast and Roto Baller uh, about to come at you with some beautiful, beautiful golf knowledge and a U.S. Open preview. Let's check in on it right now. All right, we're here with Andy Lack. So pumped for him to be a part of our special uh, preview here on the 2021 U.S. Open. Andy Lack at ADP Lack Sports, host of the Pick the Pup podcast. Amazing listen uh, for anyone that wants to get into golf in general, but also golf betting at Pick the Pup on Twitter. Also a PGA and NFL contributor over at Roto Baller. Dude, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate this. Absolutely, man. It's it's great to be here. I'm so excited for this week. I'm going to Tory on Amazing. Thursday. I cannot wait. So I'm happy. I'm excited to talk golf with you, man. And I know you're running the gamut this week of pods, this, that, and the other for you to take some time. We really appreciate it. Um, super fan of your pod, dude. Been listening for now a couple months. Uh, super impressed at your knowledge and uh, of golf and just betting on golf. Uh, do me a favor before we get started. Give us a quick background on kind of how the pod started and uh you know, what made you start betting golf personally? Of course, man. I, I really appreciate you saying that, by the way. So I've been playing golf my whole life. I uh, I competed my whole life. I did the whole kind of junior circuit thing, played in high school, played in college, realized I wasn't good enough to make a, a serious career out of it unless I wanted to be like a, a golf pro and go to PGA school. And right out of college, I got this internship at Golf Digest where they actually kind of and, you know, it wasn't one of those bullshit internships where you just get coffee. They actually gave me some stuff to do. And I made some real nice connections and friendships with the Golf Digest guys. Awesome. And, you know, when the internship ended, I was like, am I going to go to PGA school or do I want to cover golf in kind of the the media side and the journalism side? And I decided decided that this is what I wanted to do. I uh, I started the podcast, picked the pup about it's been a little over six months. Um it's been about three months of doing it as my full-time gig. And I just kind of started doing some stuff for Roto Baller too. So I've been That's super, awesome. I've been super pleased with how it's been able to take off and build some steam over the last couple of months. That's cool. And uh, yeah, congratulations at, over at Roto, Roto Baller. That's badass. Um, I know you start your pod with uh, with the code for people. I, I believe it's Bet365, is it? If you want to throw it out there for people. BetUS. Yeah, thank oh, you, bet man. BetUS, sorry. It's, yep. it's, it's BetUS online legal sportsbook in all 50 states. And the promo code is pick the pup. Pick the pup, no spaces, um, for a 125% bonus on your first deposit. Cool, man. That's awesome. Um, I've been telling people, if our, our listeners know, I've mentioned how I'm relatively new to betting golf this year. I've been a golf fan my whole life. I've played since high school. Now, when I say I've played, I mean I've sparingly played, you know. But in high sure, school, I played yeah, more yeah. than any time. I, I'm awful. I just <laughs> – I've played for the first time in two years over the golf course. It's actually – across the way out of my window here there's a country club and shot a 95 legit no, okay you know no, which to me is amazing okay um, yeah on kmart clubs from 1997 i'm not kidding kmart they were from kmart my dad got them for me when i was in high school and i'm still using them today and the 95 on that i, I don't think it's too shabby you know listen I mean? man i don't i i think i read this in a golf digest story a couple months ago but it's something like 96 percent of people that play golf cannot legitimately break 100 yeah oh nice sweet yeah oh man 
I'm about to start making some props on me. <laughs> That's awesome. But I, I've heard a lot of people say they want to bet golf, but they don't know how to start because some people who don't play golf just watch golf. And uh, now, the, the I mean, this, this betting boom is going crazy. I mean, the fact that we're seeing lines on ESPN at the bottom line now is the money lines. And the, three years ago, even, this was unheard of. But it's crazy. Half the country has it legalized now. What would your advice to be to those looking to – get into golf betting, like new golf bettors. Well, first of all, you're absolutely right, man. On the DF side and just the betting side in general, it's absolutely exploding. I think yep. the PGA Tour is just kind of starting to get comfortable with it themselves. You'll start oh, yeah. to hear you'll start to hear Nance and Faldo kind of hint at it <laughs> yeah. a little bit on the on the broadcast. Nervously, kinda, yeah. Kind of nervously dip their toes <laughs> in. They they don't quite yet know how to handle it yet, but you're absolutely right. It is exploding. And, you know, there are a lot of different strategies and ways to get into betting golf. Like I have a couple of my buddies that, you know, for the majors, they're like, just tell me three guys at the top of the board that you think is going to win. Um, you can do it that way. And, and, and I have nothing against that. If you want to get a little bit more serious about this and, and start kind of grinding on it on a week to week basis, and maybe have some interest in some of like the lesser known tournaments, not just the majors, there's an incredible wealth of free information out there, not just my podcast. I've been lucky enough to get to know and become friends with a lot of the guys out here that are putting out um, great free golf content. Definitely. Fantasy National, I'm not sponsored by them at all or anything, but they are a great place to start in terms of if you want to just start looking into the numbers. It's basically a, it's basically a site where, you know, they break down absolutely everything for you. And you're probably, if you're new to betting golf, you're going to hear the the term model a lot of everybody referencing the <laughs> right. model that yep. they've made. And that's all, they all do that on fantasy national, right? I'm so going to have not, to look into that. Man. It's, it's not a, it's not a terrible place to start. And there's like, there's an, not just mine. There are so many great podcasts out there and, and tools I did do. If you do want to check out, I did have my friend, um, he's golf bets one one on Twitter. His name's Mark. We did a kind of intro to golf betting for beginners, um, show a few months ago. So that is in my feed in the pick the pup golf show feed. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I'm definitely going to check out Fantasy National and all that. Uh, and, of course, your stuff on Rotoballer as well. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. How do you approach – because this is probably my favorite way to – right now, the time. I've been really successful. Uh, probably six of the last seven tournaments I've won uh, something. And a big chunk of change, 100 bucks or more. Um, we're we're, we're low-end betters on the – well, depending on who. Everybody's got different bankrolls. So low-end might sure, be high-end yeah, yeah, to yeah. somebody. Um, but – like I did a, I did a Garrick Higo or Higo. How do you pronounce Higo. it? Higo. It's Higo. So great call, man. So yeah. So I, I, I picked, I did him as a live bet on like Friday. Um, I'm a big fan of this kid because yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I got my third child who's two months old, and I've been waking up with her at like five in the morning, taking her downstairs, letting the wife get a couple more hours, and putting on the European tour on the Golf Channel. And this hey, he's dude a was, winner unbelievable so i've been watching that and i was like this dude's coming over for the pga championship on the podcast i called him out as my long shot didn't show up but lo and behold <laughs> next pga tournament look at him yeah unbelievable um but how do you approach live betting golf during the weekend or so, do you at all i do um yeah. so I, I tend to have like a fair amount of exposure pre-tournament so i'm not going crazy um live betting but 
I tend to look at matchups is kind of the way that I approach live betting the most is I think that if you want to, after two rounds, you can get some great data on how some of these guys are playing through fantasy national, as I've already mentioned, or a site like data golf, where they'll tell you like, these are the guys that are hitting the ball really well and not making any of their putts and vice versa. These are the guys that are just draining absolutely everything that they look at and kind of spraying it all over the yard at an extremely elementary level. You can do a lot worse than just looking at the guys on a Friday night that are hitting the ball really well and not putting well. And just based on law of averages and regression to the mean and their baseline stats, just looking to find some of those guys in matchups or, or even live bet them to win the tournament. So I think that's a great angle to take when live betting. Cool. Yeah. I've been looking like Saturdays. I've been jumping on board with, uh, you know, somebody that I just think will be hot. Like I got Hideki on the, uh, in the Masters. So I just saw him coming up. I don't know. Sometimes it's just, it's balls ass luck. I get it, but it's been working out. So now mix that with data golf, fantasy national. Oh, I'm unstoppable. Baby. <laughs> Before we get into the U S open here, one more question. Uh, we're a show that tackles all major sports. We end up having certain teams or players, for that matter, that piss us off. And we'll say, fuck that. We're, I'm, you know, I'm done with them. I'm never betting them again. Maple Leafs were that for me in hockey this year. Uh, are there, like, frustrating golfers to bet on that you're just, like, bad taste in your mouth every time you bring them up? When 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 you started talking that way, the immediate first person, I'm a diehard Knicks fan, so I'm happy to talk some 76ers with you at the sure, end if sure. you want to. The immediate guy that first came to mind was Trey Young. But in terms of golf... <laughs> In in terms of in terms of golfers, man, you know, I I have a love hate relationship with Xander Shoffley. Uh, he is. I, 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 I'm a fan of his. I, yeah. I'm a I'm a real big fan of his. Uh, I really like Xander Shoffley. I think from a statistical standpoint, I think he is maybe the most complete golfer in the world, uh, and and very underrated in terms of the flack that he sometimes gets because. Bucks refused to put him above 25 to one, despite the fact that he hasn't won in almost three years. So people just, people just naturally get mad at Xander for being 20 to one. Like it's his fault. Right, right, right. Yep. Uh, It's funny. I was going to start the show by saying, uh, all I want to do is talk about Xander and Justin Thomas. Cause it's just, just the, just the mess with you. Cause you were saying on your pod this week, you're like, I do not want to talk about these guys. I'm going on a whole bunch of pods. So I was going to bust your balls. But you brought Xander up, dude, not me. <laughs> you're right. I absolutely did. And look, <laughs> I I'm rooting so much for Xander as, as a fan this weekend. He, uh, you know, obviously there's the hometown narrative going on with him yep. in San Diego. This is a tournament that he's kind of been waiting for his entire life. It means a lot to him. I have never gotten the guy right in my entire life. I'm just giving up. I'm leaving him completely alone. Um, he's probably the golfer that I consistently bet the most and get wrong. I've had a couple, I've had a couple cocktails with, with, ridiculous female bets that, you know, yeah. I, I've been, I've been one of those guys where I've, said, I don't care about the win equity. Look at all these numbers. Like, look at all these numbers. I, I've, I've been that guy a couple times before. Um, so, you know, it, it, it ranges. I, by the way, yeah. Y- yeah it, it ranges for me. I don't purely like hate any golfers. Um, Br- Brooks Bryson thing. I, I'm, I'm kind of team neither. I'm team. I hope yeah. the PGA tour doesn't fuck this up and, and actually, we, yeah. actually allows them to 
do this because it could be really great for the game. It would be like Bill Lambeer and a Pistons, you know, going, you know, let him go, let him fight, let him go in a look. Can we, can we really count on Tiger Woods coming back and competing at a high level again? No, not after that bang up job. I mean, I'm with you. You know, I don't think so, but we'll see. I mean, he'll, he'll still move the dial a little bit, but get some little fire in there. That wouldn't hurt the game. That'd be fun for the game. I mean, what we're doing right now, we were talking Trey Young for a second. They're, they're, they're banging under, under the boards like crazy, smacking each other in the teeth and the far, like, let it go. I like it. Let them play. Um, if you can get a little fire and, and brimstone and, and on the, on the links, let's do that. Absolutely. I mean, I think this is, this is a game that has been so hesitant to evolve uh, and yeah, totally. they they kind of have this this smoking gun here just sitting right in front of their faces with the Brooks Bryson thing. It's right there for them. You know, they could have paired them together. You know, they let me could, ask I, you about that. I don't mean to interrupt, but um, no, go ahead. I, I, things are just popping in my head because you're bringing forth such awesome shit here. And but the is it up to the PGA who they pair or is it kind of like a, a lottery thing? It's up to the USGA this week. It's up to the PGA Tour most weeks. So if they were playing at like the Memorial or the Players Championship, it'd be up to the PGA Tour. Now, what's interesting about this week is the U.S. Open is completely controlled by the USGA. So it's the USGA that sets up the course. It's the USGA that's in charge of the pairings and everything like that. And the USGA, from what I've heard on Twitter today, I've been kind of running around. But when I I checked on Twitter today, apparently Bryson turned down the pairing. Oh, wow. But Brooks yeah. would have ran with it? I think so. So yeah. uh, apparently they asked them uh, and oh, wow. Brooks said well, no. Well, at least they took that step. Sure. And, yeah. Now, is the USGA running the pairings and whatnot, or, or running the whole show, I guess, would that be equivalent to like, hey, uh, Eastern Conference Finals and Western Conference Finals, the NBA Players Association runs it and the NBA takes a second, second uh, on deck circle kind of approach? Kind of. I don't know if that analogy works. I'm just trying to. No, I got you. I see exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it's so there's kind of these like three big entities. Actually, we'll call them four if you want to include the Royal and Ancient in there, which controls the British Open. But the USGA is completely in charge of the US Open. The PGA of America is completely in charge of the PGA Championship. I gotcha. Okay. The Masters is its own thing. And then the PGA Tour. And their flagship event is the Players' Championship as its right. own thing. So right now for the U.S. Open, it's all USGA people. It's gotcha. all like PGA Tour, like they don't even, like pro tip, make sure you download the U.S. Open app because if you usually follow your golfers on the PGA Tour app, it's going to be super laggy and behind this week because the PGA Tour is like, it's kind of our week off. God damn it. It's like union, unioners. Sure. That's all, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not in that union. Why do I give a fuck? That's awesome. All right. Well, let's get into the U.S. Open. Taking place with Torrey Pines, uh, as Andy mentioned. Is it in San Diego or technically right outside? It's in it's in La Jolla, which is, Jolla, right? uh, I mean, lesson, San Same. Diego. Yeah, yeah San Diego. Um, tell us a little bit about the, the course, how it plays, and the style of players it might benefit. So I think the predominant thing that you're going to hear about all week, and this has been trampled over, is the distance thing. Yep. For good reason, you know, like it's a thing. I you got to pay attention to it. Bryce, what Bryson did at Winged Foot last year, that was not part of the plan whatsoever. At the same time, the USGA is in a little bit of a rock and hard place with the way that they set up these courses. I think on first glance, you think a course with super narrow fairways. 
that favors all of the most accurate players? Right. Not really. If the fairies are, fairways are that narrow, then even the most accurate players are going to miss them. And it's going to actually favor the guys that are hitting that out there the longest. I think we're going to mention they got the power to get through that tall ass rough. Exactly. Especially a guy like Bryson who has these same length clubs where it it really helps with the loft of the club getting through the thick rough. So to sum it up, man, I do think distance is going to be a huge advantage. Doesn't mean I'm only playing bombers. Doesn't mean a guy like Patrick Reed can't win, but I think it's going to be a huge advantage this week. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. One of my guys that I'm looking at this week, and I believe you mentioned might be your guy as well this week. Uh, We'll get, we'll get to our uh, picks a a little bit, but um, I was looking, I want to, I don't have, maybe I'll link it on our Twitter, but if you guys are listening you just kind of want to get an idea about this course, whether or not you're, you know, Fairweather golf fans or are super into it. Like I've been watching like every round of every I've been watching the women's. I've been watching the college match play. I've, the women's anything. was the women's was great. It was, man. Yeah. The women's Absolutely. was great. Um, so I can't get enough right now. And but there was this there's this video on YouTube. Uh I don't know if it's officially from the PGA, but it was a drone, you know, flyover basically of every hole. Um, and it just gave statistics about the hole as it slowly took 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 its way. And it was awesome. But so I learned a little bit about the course. Uh, a couple holes I just wanted to talk about. I don't know how how in depth you you want to get on this, but the six hole looks like it's murder for natural draw players, and that's second most difficult hole in the 2008 U.S. Open when it was there. And it seems to me on this course, from watching these drone these drone videos fly over, that draw players, at least on the right handed side, are screwed. Would you agree with that at all? Or you know, that's that's a really interesting angle to take. I have. I have typically thought about Torrey Pines as it's just all out in front of you. It's yep. completely straight. So like you get a course like Wingfoot last year where these all these dog legs and it really favors somebody that shapes the ball. Whereas right. Torrey Pines, I kind of think of it as a course where you can do whatever you want because it's just a, a lot of these poles, they're just straight and long. Yep. Um, there's, you're not trying to have to curve it around trees or anything like that. That's, an, I mean, Listen, man, if you're thinking into like draw and fade specialists, then yeah. you're you're barking up the right tree. You're doing yeah, nice. you're doing my kind of thing, man. So that's <laughs> awesome. I haven't I, even really thought too much about that. Yeah, so I, I'll, I'll link this video on our Twitter if you want to check it out. There's it, it, a couple of holes do do a dog leg right a little bit, so I think it na- naturally will help the faders on that on that aspect. But when, on the back nine, they start to introduce. Uh, a little bit of help for draws, not much, like you say, mostly straightforward this course, but a little bit of help. There'll be a, there was one I don't I forget which which hole, but it was a little bit of a dog leg left. I think there was two that might kind of uh, be be more draw. I don't know what am I looking for here? Draw, um, good for draw players. Yeah, but, draw. Yeah, I got you. The right out of, outside of the rough, it like fell off a cliff. It, it wasn't even just regular rough. It was either rocks and shit. So it was like, if you're a draw player, you got a little bit of a dog leg left. If you miss it, you're screwed. You're even more screwed than, you know, just being in that rough. But if you're, if you have a fade or, and and you, or you just shank it a little bit and you're a right-handed hitter and you, it'll just go into the rough and it's almost better to, so I don't know. I just really think draw players are screwed on this course in general, but a lot of, a lot of par three, I'm sorry, four par threes, but they're long, right? Are these long par threes? Yeah, I think that three of them are above 195 yards. I think you got one that's around 170, and then the other three, it's like 195 and and in the low 220s. So, yeah. Right. 
That's crazy. And then the 18th is a par five, uh, 568, easiest hole in the 2008 U.S. Open. It had a, a shot score average 4.79. So you're looking at uh, under par for that one. That I, I love one of my favorite things in golf is a course that has a par 518. Yeah. Because, you know, you got a player, you got money on him. He's two under and he's in a final pairing. You know, you got a shot. Yeah. You know, it's just so I, I always love. Always love eagle opportunities. And it's got that little water hazard in front, too. Right. To kind of just so increase the drama. Somebody else could could mess up and the other guy jump them. So um, right off the Pacific Ocean. Will wind be an issue with that? I mean, who are the better players against a strong wind if that would be an issue on a course like this? Yeah, you know, I'm not factoring a ton of wind. You know, I, I did a great podcast earlier today with uh, PJ Splits, and I kind of asked him that question. He you, he's the I don't, he's a great follower on Twitter, um, but he just he is the most in depth stat kind of guy um, that I know. And so nice. I kind of asked him that question, and and you know there. I don't think it's going to be very windy at all. Looking at looking at the forecast right now, it's kind of typical in California. There is you may want to think a little bit about the marine layer a little bit if you want to get really in depth right. with it, and maybe some of those guys that are teeing off early in the morning. Uh, you get it's it's a it's a heavy air. I guess would be the best way sure. to describe yeah. it. Yep. Yeah, I guess a heavy air kind of on that coast of San Diego. Yeah, some fog. And, yeah. But, you know, I, I'm not looking too much at wind. Uh, typically, in this time of year in California, sometimes in the later afternoons, uh, but I don't think that wind is going to be a huge thing, or at least not something that I'm looking at too much in my handicapping process. Very cool. And uh, when we were talking about people we might put money on here, now we were talking about distance might be a, a big factor in this one. Uh, I know it's, you know, it's not me going out on a limb. I like DJ this week. I know I heard you did too. He's kind of sneaking up on your radar. I just think he's got the distance. He's been playing well. He didn't really, you know, he's getting better. The PGA wasn't his thing, but last week he showed that, you know, he, he all he needs to do is be in contention for him to make some noise, and he fell off in the last couple of holes. But I think DJ is – his mind's in a better place than it was at the PGA, and I think that he's ready to make some noise here, plus 1,700. I'm all over it. I, I yeah. bet it at 18-1. to 1. Listen, if we're going to give Brooks a complete pass for not trying at Palmetto, why, I don't understand why everyone's killing Dustin Johnson for like accidentally contending. Yeah, mean, right. he, he didn't want to be there either. He couldn't miss the cut. He's getting an award. He's getting, he got like a South Carolina ambassador award. Right, he right. had to, he had to stay the weekend. But he did exactly everything that he wanted to do. He got his game back over the first two days, was awesome. And then he kind of took his foot off the gas a little bit and said, all right, I proved everything that I needed to prove to myself. Now my mind's in Tory. I don't want to I don't want to have to stay for a dinner. I don't want to have to stay for a champion's trophy. Like, let's get to Tory. I proved everything that I needed to. I love DJ this week. I said before the week in my preview podcast of the Palmetto is the best case scenario for DJ betters is he shows you something statistically yet the public perception coming out of the tournament is not favorable. And that is exactly what happened. Everyone's right. saying yep. he lost to Chesson Hadley. He can't close in the weakest field in golf. I think he's like the third lowest owned guy in DraftKings of all the really? top guys. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's no one's playing Spieth. 
No one's playing Justin Thomas, and then no one's really playing DJ. And I think it's a perfect scenario for him. Yeah, I agree. And that's Dustin Johnson. I think I think me and Andy have been saying strictly DJ the whole time. That's Dustin Johnson for those uh, not quite familiar. Uh, not the rundown and, and go too much with all your guys because I want to leave a little bit of a lingering effect for people to check out your stuff. If you want to hear the rest of his picks at Pick the Pup, um, you can check him out on his podcast there. He just did a couple shows. The one that came out today, is that more of a prop prop special or just talking about like random variables? So I did three shows this week, and the third one is about to drop. I'm about to drop it as soon as I get off with you. That one is a just a straight-up pick show. So I did, oh, cool. my, right, I, did, I did my Sunday preview. I did a kind of a stats kind of nerdy one with PGA splits that's out today. Right. And then the the final one that I'm about to drop is uh, just straight up picks with a guy named Joey Doney. He's he's a uh, tour picks on Twitter. He's awesome. Beautiful. And I'll give I'll give one more and you can give one more. How about that? Love so it. and I'm not going to really go too much into this just because I think it's a solid pick. And I think that the, but but and it's your boy. And but people might think it's too low. I just I like the whole theme of maybe him winning in the in the hometown. The whole I'll take Xander at plus eighteen hundred. Xander Scheifele, like give me give me him. I'll I'll, I'll see if this works out because I'm going to be rooting for him. You know what I mean? I love it. I so hope you're right, man. I so hope you're right. And if you could take one more out of the out of out of your picks, who, who would you throw out there before people check out the rest of your stuff? How weird do you want me to get? Do you want to do kind of do you want me, do you want me to give you like a top guy or kind of a more of a sleeper? Why don't you give a, a semi sleeper? Maybe not. Maybe not the the Fleetwood. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've been getting a lot of crap for that. No, yeah, no. I, I like Paul, I like Paul Casey a lot this week. Okay, so you, you can get. I, I bet him at fifty to one. I've seen some lingering sixties that you can get Paul nice. Casey at. I, I really like Paul Casey in this spot, man. Listen, he is a. Colin Morikawa drive that is going to be shown on the golf channel and talked about by Brando Chambly for the next 10 years and a decent putting week away from winning back-to-back PGA championships. I'm just going to continue to bet this guy if he's above 50 to one in these majors. He's hitting the ball so well right now. Uh, you know, I can give you a bunch of numbers on his I'll approach say, and stuff like no that. More, but man. I'll he, take it. Yeah. I, I love the Paul Casey play at 50 to one. I think he's really, really close. Gotta ask. Fighting Phil, man. After what he just did, now he turns fifty-one. You can find him at anywhere from sixty to eighty to one, plus six thousand, plus eight hundred or eight thousand. Uh, I mean, he can't, can he? He can't. I was joking with Jeff Feinberg. We were doing a show the other night, and he was like, "If Phil wins this tournament, like I am living in a simulation. Like Ed Harris is just no. controlling this, <laughs> and I'm living in a simulation." I think the Phil hate. I'll tell you this much, man. I think the Phil thing has kind of swung too far in the other direction where now it's at a point where everyone's just like there's Phil has no chance and he's like 3% owned on DraftKings. If you want to throw Phil Mickelson in a DraftKings lineup at 3% at like a leverage play, I right. think you could do far worse than that. I, I don't I don't I don't think that Phil's going to shoot back to back 80s like he's won three times at Torrey right. Pines. Right. So I don't think he's like a terrible DraftKings player as know right there. Yeah. Yeah. But but is he going to win? I'd be right. shocked. Probably. Sh- yeah. Also, with what I was saying earlier about the draws, I'm not a fan of any lefties going into this. Before we wrap up the U.S. Open talk, I want to talk about props. We love props on this show. Our whole show basis for when we started this podcast idea was to do props. We ended up; it wouldn't have worked because, like, at the time football season was start or, or in in effect, and we can't 
we can't do the props are put up Saturday nights for a Sunday football game. So we're not going to be able to do a show and everybody check it out two hours before shit goes live. So we changed it up. We just want to do some sports betting. Did 60%, you know, a little off our shoulder NFL, you know, we'll talk ourselves up there, made some dough, but we're going to talk about a little, little props here. I mentioned, um, uh, on on this week's show in, a, in our prior segments here, that my third pick of the week is actually going to be a U.S. Open prop, and I want to want to see what you think about it. On FanDuel, they have a prop for top Euro Continental player. Okay, you got John Rahm minus one ten, Victor Hovland plus three ten, uh, Sergio Garcia plus nine fifty, and a whole bunch of other uh, Euro Continental players. Tony Perez, people like that. Is it Tony Perez? Uh, or, Victor no, Perez, Victor I believe. Perez. The, yeah, I believe so. the Frenchman. Yeah. Um, so. Tony Perez was a, a a big red machine, Cincinnati Reds in the eighties. My bad, seven. But uh, I'm all over Victor Hovland at plus three ten, being a top Eurocontinental player. I think he's great. He's great from his uh, mid long range iron. Seems to be in a hunt a lot. John Rahm minus one ten. Like I wouldn't no pay thanks. that price. No way. And I think there's a little bit of recency bias going on with him. Uh, the number is really high for that. His number's high for him in general. What is he eight to one or something crazy? Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people are uh, look. I'm rooting for the guy after what happened. That'd be cool, but a lot of people think that that's going to help him. I think that's going to negate any kind of momentum. I I'm think he's going to try way too hard after what happened. I'll take Victor Hovland uh, plus three ten to be the top Eurocontinental player. Um, the guy's got talent. He's 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 he's, some, he's not hitting on all cylinders all the time. But if he can just put it all together, it seems like one thing's off on his game. If he just finds that one thing and puts it all together, I think the kid might even have a chance of getting a W. I love it. I'll give you one tiny little nugget on Hovland that I think will make you more excited about the bat. So he lost 5.2 strokes putting at the Memorial. That was actually his worst putting week of his entire career. Wow. Uh, Hovland has done, Hovland has lost over four strokes three other times in his career. And in the following start, he's gained 4.9 strokes putting, 3.4 strokes putting, and 4.1 strokes putting. So the point is, he's a volatile putter, right? He, right. He, can be great with the putter. He can also be pretty bad with the putter. Every time he has a bad putting week, which he did in his last start, he tends to follow it up with a great putting week. Nice. So All if, right. So if Hovland, yeah. So if Hovland, if Hovland's working with a plus four uh, strokes gain putting week, uh, he's got a really great chance to win this. Now, can you explain for those that might be super novices about what it, what it means when you say they he lost strokes putting and he gained strokes putting? Yeah, basically, it's just at, at like an extremely baseline level. Their strokes gained is how you do against the field, right? So oh, okay. there's a very, very complicated formula that I have no idea the, the actual minutia of. But basically, after at the end of every single round, they will give players a number. Zero is field average. If you're in the positive, then you're better than field average. And obviously, if you're in the negative, you're worse than field average. And they will measure strokes gain off the tee, strokes gain approach, which is your irons, strokes right. gain around the green, and strokes gain putting. So if a guy lost 5.2 strokes putting at the Memorial, he was pretty terrible. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Very cool. And one more prop, because I do, this is like sucker bet material. It's <laughs> amateur hour. One I just uh, spoke about um uh, on on the show that's my official third pick of the week ladies and gentlemen but this one this one kind of seems like a trap especially those who don't really know golf very well these are long par threes there's four of them on the course i get a lot of people play oh, i know where you're going hole in one uh, and the, the, the the no no hole in one for this week is plus money it's plus 105 like it's not even minus 200 or something 
no hole in one is plus 105. Like, how do I not put something on it? Take I mean, it. I w- yeah, I'm going to take it. Yeah, I like you know? that. Yeah. It's, I mean, tough. it's over even money. You're getting a little bit of juice on your side. So, I mean, minus normally it's minus 200, minus 250 a tournament. This one's plus 105. Firm greens, you know, they're yeah, going to touch those pins. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I like that. Beautiful, beautiful thing. Well, that was pretty much what I had for you this week. But you mentioned you wanted to talk a little b-ball. I did hit you up and shot a couple DMs your way. I told you after game one that I thought the Knicks were going to win game two, and they did. After that, I didn't really talk to you through DMs because I didn't really like the way they won game two, and I thought they were dead in the water. And look, look kind of what happened. Sixers, on the other hand, first of all, we'll agree, just fuck Trey Young. But yeah. uh, I cannot stand the way that they play – NBA, they're they're setting it back. The, the for them to shoot for contact first, and it, it makes it look like bullshit, garbage, uh, you know, a schoolyard play, and I can't stand it. But um, what two two now Sixers Hawks? You what do you think happens Can here I, with the rest of? This? I, so I was going to ask you. So I got in. I got in at the Sixers at minus one twenty after they lost game one, and I felt As great about. Bet? Yeah, as a series, bet. awesome dude, and and I and I I still I still feel I oh, yeah. still feel great about that. There was I got it at minus two hundred before the series, and okay. I put two hundred on it to win a hundred. I'm still I'm still feeling good. Yeah, I'm I'm still feeling good too. I my my one concern is like, let me ask let me ask you as a Sixers fan. I always am mm-hmm. so curious about this question for Sixers fans. Like, how do you guys actually feel about Ben Simmons at this point? No, dude. So it's it's the most controversial uh side splitting headache kind of player that i'm trying to think in in recent memory in philadelphia sports in general maybe the later years of a donovan mcnab and shit like that whence for a couple months maybe maybe for a couple months you know (laughs) but it's like this guy i mean he has a split right down the middle i'm a fan my buddy who came over to watch game game what was it game three you know, he is not. He's like Matisse Thibault, Thie- the better Ben Simmons, all this shit. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> I don't know about that. I I love Ben's approach to defense. I love his spark when he gets pissed off. I like the ability that he has to get fired up when he knows that there's talent lacking on a team, whether it be an Embiid injury, which happens a lot, or maybe that the um, the mindset of the team has gone awry and they've lost focus and he tries to bring it back with some power moves. He hasn't shown that kind of, and and he's almost hitting triple doubles a game, but he hasn't shown that kind of fire all the way through. He'll, he'll see a lane. And as soon as he gets to the paint, he'll normally continue with it and make something happen. At least draw a foul. Dude can't shoot free throws. Fucking annoying. But this series, especially the last game, last two games, he'll just kind of forget what he's doing. Like he's got amnesia, and I and 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 then another thing I, I was talking to somebody on Twitter about this. He doesn't. He acts like he doesn't have a big body. There could be, he could have gotten six offensive rebounds the other night, but he wanted nothing to do with it, and that pisses me off. As like, I'm six six, I used to play b ball, <laughs> and you know I, I play like a guard. But I love my favorite thing to do is get down low, and you know I love the rebound. I let the box out. My favorite thing to do in basketball was to block people. Love block shots, man. It's just such a good feeling. And I want him to have that kind of shit. But if, if 
there's so many times in the NBA, especially the, the three-point shooters, when they're open, you know, you'll, you'll see it swing around the perimeter, and then the last guy that gets it will shoot it. As soon as that ball should leave the tip of their fingers, they should get their ass to the rim. How many of those are long-ass rebounds that bounce right back to where they just shot, like halfway from where they shot it from? No one does it. They just sit there and watch. So uh, t- it's just a long, long-winded – this is kind of what I do. But <laughs> No, dude, I, I never, is, I never is, get to talk hoop, so I love it. It is a love-hate, man. You rarely find somebody like me who loves the guy for what he is but can't stand when he takes a, a – not a playoff, but – a, a quarter off or a segment of his game off, like offensive rebounds. He could have really managed. I mean, he's got little guards on him at some point, and he's just like, ah, I'm just going to stand behind him and let them get the rebound. Like, the dude's got amazing talent. He practices his shot almost all the time in the offseason. You'll see these uh, videos that come up on Twitter of him draining threes, and he won't do it in the game. I know. He's, he is a mind fuck, and that's a bad thing, but he's comfortable where he's at. If he could just have the confidence to take his overall natural ability, which is like, you know, in the point zero 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 one percentile in the world, and put some of that talent also to other aspects, he'd be unstoppable. One, one, one more quick question for you, and then, and then I promise I'll, I'll let you get out of here. No, it's I, all could, good. I could sit here and talk hoops with you all we day. We might have to have you back and do so, my a- friend. Dude, anytime. Football too. Anytime. Um, well, thank. Retroactively, would you have traded him for Harden? No, no, I still wouldn't. And and the reason why is because age and and I know it's like a trust the process thing. Um, and and I just think that did you talent, get the did you get the alert by the way right before we went on? Harden's going to play game five. He is playing. So yeah. I'm 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 going to give a value menu pick. We do a segment on a show called a value menu, which is going to come up right after this interview. Great segue there. Andy. you don't <laughs> even know what you're doing, my friend. And a value pick might have something to do with that gentleman you just mentioned. So if you guys want to hear that, stick around. Um, uh, no, I wouldn't even in retrospect do that trade, but it was, it, it made like, it wasn't an immediate no back in when it, October, whenever it came up. Uh, but the age factor, I'm, I'm still long, I still plan. I, I'm like a GM at heart, you know, yeah, with yeah. every sport. And I always, I mean, look, I didn't have a championship in my whole life until I was like, I, what was I, 27 years old, 26 years old when the Phillies won in 08. But, and then the Eagles won. It was like, yeah, we'll trade the Super Bowl now for Drek for the next 10 years. And then it's 2018. And we're like, what the fuck, dude? Why'd you get injured again? Like Foles and all this shit. And it'd be like, guys, come on. We just got a Super Bowl. But no, it's not the way we work, man. We're just, we're, we're hardwired differently. But I still think about the future. And I think that Ben, I guess I had a little bit of a, a hope that he would put it together on the offensive side, sh- shooting. Sure. I thought this year he might take a different approach because I you heard all these things, especially last offseason, and he just didn't. But I just, I don't know. I mean, he's still, tw- what is he, 24? You know, 25. Yeah, 24, 25, yeah. So um, I'll still take him because I, I do think the way he runs the offense, I don't think Harden would have come in and, and run it the way that it would have worked with Embiid, to be honest with you. I think there would have been a little, I, I think Ben and Embiid and to- Tobias Harris, they all understand the roles. And it just kind of meshes well when it, when it's all on keel, it's unstoppable. I agree with that. I was never in the Ben Simmons and Embiid need to be broken up. I, I no, felt like that no. was more of a Brett Brown situation than a Absolutely. Ben situation. I think we're all seeing this year. I mean, look, we might go as, as far as we went with Brett Brown when we lost to the Raptors, but everybody is just more comfortable with the coaching. Yeah. And the way that the offense is run defensively, it was definitely a Brett Brown issue. But 
But yeah, man, dude, would love to have you talk ball any, anytime. Any anytime, man. This this was so much fun. I've I've I'm just getting into my NFL stuff for Rotoballer. I have a bunch of like off season assignments, so I've got Eagles questions cool. for you that I'll hold Please. off to for next time. Please, that'd be badass. We would look forward to that. That one, the Woodman will definitely join us for. Um, <laughs> But yeah, dude, thank you so much for your time. Folks, this is Andy Lack once again for the Pick the Pup podcast uh, at ADP Lack Sports for himself. The podcast can be found at Pick the Pup. PGA and NFL contributor at Roto Bowler. Not the last time we're going to hear from him. One other thing real quick, the Ryder Cup's coming in late September. Maybe we can have you on to talk some of that too, right? Dude, of course. Yeah, Beautiful thing. of course. Thank you so much, dude. Anything else you want to throw out there? Uh, once again, throw that code out there for BetUS. Yeah, the promo code Pick the Pup. Uh, promo code pick the pup for bet us that's betus.com online legal sports book in all 50 states they're still hanging some great odds for the u.s open so i'd encourage you to check that out but yeah that's it for me man uh thanks so much again for having me i got another I think one more podcast coming out tonight so be sure to check that out but this was fun man anytime i'd love to talk football and basketball with you anytime Definitely going to make it happen, brother. Appreciate your time, big time. That's Andy Lack, everybody. We'll be back uh, on the other side. It's going to be Hollywood and the Woodman coming at you with that value menu. What a great time had with him coming on the show. We cannot thank him enough. I mean, amazing information. Can't thank the man enough for his time. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, Andy. That's really, really cool of you to come and give us our... Give us your expertise, you know? Yeah, it was, it was, it was so much fun. We'll definitely hear from him again. Um you know where to find him. Go ahead. You want to hear the rest of his picks? You go. You know where to go now. And you heard my third pick of the week, Victor Hovland, plus 310, the top Euro continental player at the U.S. Open. John Rahm, I'm just not buying into it. Sergio, no thank you. But Victor Hovland, plus 310, already have a nice chunk on that. Um, so let's roll with that. Before we get out of here, folks, it's time. For the value menu, we're going to give you another value menu pick. We did a little bit of an update about the uh, Shohei Atani last week. Uh, He kind of limped off the night afterwards. (laughs) Woody, what's going on with him? I think he's okay. Okay. Um, He's hit several times since then. I I mean, not only did I jinx you on making you take a run line, but then I jinxed your super profitable (laughs) futures bet on Atani. (laughs) But one I want to give you before we get out of the uh, door this week, Something to look at. He just returned tonight. They, they're not looking good, the Nets, right now against the Bucks as we're recording this. It's probably going to be an L. But James Harden's at plus 1,800 for the MVP. If the Nets make it there, and you were saying that that's what people, you know, that the, right now, before this game, they were still the odds-on favorite. Yeah. I actually put it on our Twitter. Uh, he's at plus 1,800. If the Nets win the championship, which technically before this uh, program recorded. They were the odds-on favorite. If the Nets win, it's going to be him or KD winning the MVP for sure. Uh, not Kyrie. Kyrie's hurt, but even that still wouldn't be him. It'd be him or KD. Plus 1,800. Unreal. Unreal odds. Uh, now, as you're hearing this, it might not be the most be- the best item on the value menu. i got to be honest. If they're down 3-2, there's no reason that they might not come back from that and win that series because they made the Bucks look like puke the first two games but they'll be going into milwaukee that's a different story i hear all that if you hear this show later in the week people do catch up on it and by the way more power to you guys if you guys are listening to this show and all the shits in the rear view and you're still this far into the episode it's uh, i can see by like some of the analytics and all that that people do that if you just listen to it because you enjoy it and all that we cannot thank you enough we can't thank you enough for just listening in general whoever yeah. you are out there checking us out 
Um, but thank you very, very much for any time you put forth to, to listen to, to his super handsome and sexy voice and me just having some brews and being stupid. No, we do appreciate it, folks, so much. And um, also, I would just add, like, I do think, like, there are other podcasts and other um, media of of other types of things that, like, I would I have sometimes listened to them after the fact, even when it's not so evergreen anymore, just because I like the host or I like the way that people talk. But also, Brian, another thing that maybe maybe people get out of it, I hope they do sometimes with us, is, like, just hearing us, our reasoning of why we're placing these bets, why these are our picks and not some other thing, um, could help them just formulate their own bets. You know, the, the part of what 100%. we're here to do is part of the reason we do this as a show, we could just do our picks and just send our picks out on Twitter and we'd be done, right? But um, I think part of, the, part of the reason we do this as a show, first of all, we just like talking to each other. But yeah, also, absolutely. like, I do feel like by putting the 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 reasoning behind the picks and and that's a nuanced thing that takes many sentences for us to get out you know i think that that is um i hope it it brings some value to people and gives them their own ideas they don't even have to follow us don't don't even do our bets do some do a few of our bets and then you're all your own like you know we don't care about that that's not but the point is that we we do think we we have a unique way of thinking about the stuff and i hope that that's what people get out of it absolutely absolutely very well put and um yeah, so I mean, look, we, we, anybody that's listened to us for the first time or anything like that, go ahead, s- send that rating over iTunes wherever you listen. Five star that bitch. Uh, any Appreciate reviews it. that are written, we will be we'll be reading on air. We promise. Uh, we hope to do some fun stuff in the future. We're just having a blast doing this. We're on fire right now. Jump on board. Get on board at Jump the Sharp. Um, follow, and we will go ahead and just. Hope to keep bringing you some. I want winners. That's right, but I'm hungry, so. Let's go to eat a goddamn snack. This has been Jump the Sharp, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you enjoy it. Best of luck, everybody. If you're going to go ahead and for, make your first golf bets of your life, let us know. Tell us. If you heard it, you like what Andy Lack brought to the table, let us know. Tell us. Tell him. Tell, tell You know what I mean? Tell everybody. But we're looking forward to having a good U.S. Open. Happy Father's Day, by the way, out there. Yes, happy Father's uh, Day. To everybody. Definitely. And uh, enjoy the, your weekend and watch uh, watch the U.S. Open. And hopefully Dustin Johnson or Xander uh, brings it home. But uh, that's Dave Woody, ladies and gentlemen. And happy Father's Day to you, Dad. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Um, we'll we you will soon. catch up with you guys next week. I jump the shark. Peace the fuck out.